This is a Federal News Network podcast. As Chief Information Officer of the National Institutes of Health, my next guest oversees a far-flung operation. Its many components have their own ways of doing things, but her leadership has helped the agency get through the extraordinary challenge imposed by the pandemic, and now she's been inducted as a fellow into the National Academy of Public Administration, part of our week-long series of new NAPA fellows. Andrea Norris joins me now. Andrea, good to have you back. Nice to see you again this morning, Tom. So you are now in Napa, but first I want to talk about the NIH. Review for us the technological changes you've seen there over the years, because it's really, in some ways, one of the original data-driven agencies. Yeah, it really is. I've been there this upcoming up on my, this is my 10th year at NIH, and it has been extraordinary, the changes that I've been able to be part of and watch, you know, big data over this last decade. You know, we watched with the declining cost of technology and the ability when we, with the human genome and imaging data and environmental data, other kinds of data, the growth in that has just skyrocketed. And so our initiatives and what we refer to as data science has, in our ability to generate these vast amounts of data, has literally just changed the game in many ways in how we do science. And so you see these big data-intensive research programs, Brain Initiative, all of us, Precision Medicine Initiative, enrolling a million participants, Top Med and Biocatalyst. Uh, We have the largest genomic set of data resources in the world, our Sequence Read Archive. And so how to make best use of these data resources, be able to find them, make them accessible, make them interoperable, be able to sustain those. That's been a, a really a fascinating journey. We've learned a lot. We've been able to invest. We got ahead of a lot of this from the technology perspective. We modernized our network, big distributed, hundred gigabit uh, network. We're moving six petabytes a day of data through that network. Massive amounts of data all around the world and on our campus. We built a world-class supercomputer, the largest singularly focused to biomedical research. We built a, a wonderful environment for virtual collaboration and meetings, which has paid off for us tremendously during COVID. And we've got some really exciting initiatives, cloud based initiatives where we transition the national research environment ecosystem to move into the cloud, to do their research into the cloud, especially with these big data repositories. I was going to say the big data emphasis kind of backs up to the type of infrastructure that the agency finds optimal for handling it all. We have a program we call the Strides Program, which is uh, we partnered. We went to industry a couple of years ago, the big cloud platform providers, and said, look, you know, we want to lower the bar of entry for the researchers around the country that we fund to lower the cost, help them with training, the skill sets, the tools that they need to be able to bring their data, bring their algorithms, bring their tools to the cloud, to these big resources do their work there, and then share and leave, you know, what they've learned and developed for the next researcher. And would you be willing to go down this experiential journey with us and work not just in partnership with NIH and our researchers on campus, 
but with everyone that we fund around the country. And so we've had great partnerships with Google and Amazon. We've moved almost 100 petabytes of data in the last 18 months into the cloud. Hundreds of programs from universities and research centers all over the country. And so it's really quite exciting. We've trained thousands of researchers as well. That's a big part of it. And so just watching that kind of change and how you think about and bring people together, building that foundation, those networks, that approach to collaborative science, that is what's helped us really help do science at the speed of infection during this COVID pandemic. And, you know, building off of all of these investments over many years, but especially over these most recent years in our investments in collaborative data, science and research. We're speaking with Andrea Norris, Chief Information Officer of the NIH and a new inductee into the National Academy of Public Administration. And talk a little bit about how the pivot to telework happened and how it's affected NIH, if it has actually affected it in some fundamental way. Yeah, so March 13th, we said that was a Friday, effective Monday, we're going into a maximum remote working status. So we have about 40,000 people on our Bethesda campus collectively on or near. We had about a day or two's notice, you know, to do that. We weren't worried. NIH has, the leadership has always really, really see the power and the importance of technology and the role that it plays in in our mission. And so they had invested in the infrastructure and capability to assure we were going to be able to do this. So the technology was not our limitation. You know, it was, there were some transition, you know, people that's, it's not, what was it? I won't say it was, uh, there weren't a few little bumps and bruises along the way. People adjusted, but to be honest, I am still in awe at how pretty seamless it was. We work very collaboratively, so we do a tremendous amount of you know meetings and scientific reviews and workshops and peer review of uh, the research that we fund. So in the first six months, we conducted more than 1.2 million virtual meetings involving more than 4 million participants uh, just at that, you know, out of our Bethesda campus area. And so... Uh, and they it, all didn't have to drive down Rockville Pike either. Yes. <laughs> so it is pretty staggering. Um, and we just had a leadership summit uh, last week. And we talked about that kind of some of the experiences with this and all agreed, you know, that no matter what, we believe the virtual world is here to stay for us. We still see obviously the, the need for face to face. Nothing replaces that. But, you know, we see the advantages. There's costs, there's efficiencies, there's quality of life. We think we can get people to come and help participate in the scientific peer review process that we might not be able to get if they don't have to travel. So there's a lot of wins on that. We do have about 35, 40% of our staff that are on campus working, largely in our labs. That is one where you really have to be there, in most cases, on the bench at the labs themselves. Uh, we have about 100 
plus labs and facilities there at our various campuses. And so they're the ones who are really there on site and the folks that have to absolutely be there to support. Uh, But the rest, we're still in a remote working mode and uh, have been uh, highly productive, I think. What do you hope to work on at Napa? What kinds of projects do you think you'll have time for? Yeah, um, so I'm so honored to be able to be a fellow at Napa. And it's been really exciting. Last week and this week is the annual meeting. And so it's given me a chance to sit in on a number of the sessions and get a feel for some of the different topic areas and groups that they're working on. I'm going to be particularly interested in the technology areas, cyber, artificial intelligence, data and data science, and the kind of the the human issues associated with data and privacy and security. Also, some of the workforce issues with the public sector. I've spent a long career in uh, three of the most outstanding science and engineering agencies, NASA, National Science Foundation, and NIH. And it's been wonderful opportunities. And I want to do what I can do to help attract other generations into the public sector for the kinds of careers that they can have in disciplines that I'm not sure they always, you know, we do as good a job marketing that and so in a systemic way. So I'm hoping to be able to help work with some activities in that area as well. Andrea Norris is CIO of the National Institutes of Health and a new member of the National Academy of Public Administration. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. Tomorrow, we conclude with Marsha Connor, Executive Director of the National Academy of Black Public Administrators. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Podcast One or wherever you get your podcasts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.